Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Universal Pictures and Imagine Entertainment invite you to experience the magic of the classic story as it comes to life like you've never seen before. In a place where the Christmas spirit is everywhere. Have the best Christmas ever! Well, almost everywhere. Counting down the Christmas clock, old young Blast this Christmas music! It's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey is <laughs> the Grinch. I must stop this Christmas from coming. From Universal Pictures. But what would I wear? <laughs> and Imagine Entertainment. I forgot about the reindeer. Don't care. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Grow up! If you think you know the whole story. What if it's all just a misunderstanding? This could change my entire outlook on life! Really? No. (laughs) You don't know Grinch. This is nuts! I'm going to throw up and then I'm going to die! Jim Carrey. In a Ron Howard film. The Grinch. Oh, somebody's fabulous! Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network. If you find more from us, check out the website, themaindamie.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, so what is it about Christmas movies that sort of 
find a way to, when they ever remake things, sort of ruin your childhood. I think that goes with a lot of movies that get remade. You know, you always hear that, especially on in the Twitterverse, where it's uh, childhoods are being ruined. I think it's just you're remembering things through a, a childlike lens. Like everything when you were a kid was awesome, unless you had a shitty life and then it was the complete opposite of awesome. <laughs> but I, all three of us, I, you know, I, I would like to say we all had pretty good lives. So that's why we tend to think of certain movies as like, you can't touch it. There's the first thought of being reminded of the movie we did today, how much it ruined my love of its original source material. And then I was remembering other Christmas movies that sort of did that over the years. And I'm just, oh, is it something specific to this? Is it because everybody wants to look back, like you get that generation of writers that grow up and they sort of want to do that thing that they loved as a kid. But maybe it does work in horror, too, because I was just remembering all those remakes of 70s horror movies. Yeah, I think it's cash grab and then like the ownership of the license. We're like, well, we've got the Grinch that's going to expire <laughs> in like a year. Might as well bring Jim Carrey into this and just Jim carried it up. Is uh, is it like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans that they just yeah. occurred so that Sony didn't lose the license? Yeah, it's, we basically yeah, we have to run this or else it goes back to the original, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have a quick question. Before we get into the uh, the main topic of the day, I was driving home and I had a Christmas playlist going mm-hmm. and it was all rock, you know, like classic rock ones. And I wanted to get your guys opinion. Which Christmas song should be jettisoned into the sun? Like, which one do you think is just you don't want to hear it anymore? You could do without it. And I, I'm going to take all I want for Christmas is you off off the table because I okay. feel like that's been run into the ground. Sure. But I, I'm just curious, what what which Christmas song do you think would be a good one to just get out of here? Are we talking standards or like modern rock or, you know, the Christmas song? Does that count or are we talking more like I'm, I'm thinking more like this isn't my choice, but essentially like like Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town, that kind sure. of thing. Not yeah, not the classics with right. Dean Martin. Well, then there's or, there's yeah. only one answer and it's. A song in general, it's not a recording of a song, it's kind of all recordings of the song. The answer is Last Christmas, and it's everything but Wham. Yes, 100%. There I, are I love like, that song. So the Wham's version's fine, but there are like nine different versions of of that song that other people have done in the past five years. Taylor Swift has one, I think Carly Rae Jepsen has one, Betcha Michael Bublé's got one. Oh, you can't God. sing the yeah. same songs every year. Yeah. You can't he, keep putting out Christmas albums with the same songs on them. Yeah, Michael Bublé, he gets... If I could just get rid of one artist, it would be Michael Bublé. Mark, what would be yeah. your choice? No, that was exactly the one I was going to say. The only other song that I really dislike, but I, I guess it wouldn't count for your question, would have been that Hippopotamus for Christmas song. But Ooh, that's, that's a bad one, 50s. too. Yeah, but I don't know if that would work. But that would be my second place. And then also... I don't want to hear Christmas shoes because I don't feel like crying in my car. <laughs> Christmas. That, that <laughs> before I tell you my pick, just real quick, I have made a sort of um, Christmas tradition with Jen and I where we wrap presents and listen to Patton Oswalt's Christmas shoes bit. Have you have you ever heard of that one? He basically yeah. breaks down Christmas shoes and it's really good. If you haven't heard it, it's about like eight minutes long. It's a good bit. Check it out. My choice is Wonderful Christmas Time by Whoa. Paul McCartney. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, it was like so subconsciously i it came on and then i just hit the next button i'm like whoa wait a minute <laughs> i've never done that before and i feel so much better now that song is so bad it, it is <laughs> you know i'm a big beatles fan yeah so to do that it's it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. the weight of the world was lifted off my yeah. shoulders but there's also a song that i wish would be played more it's <laughs> billy squire's christmas song have that you song. ever heard that what song Christmas, is it? Christmas is the time to say I love you. Oh, yeah, I love that song. I love that song, man. That song is so good, and they never play it. That song, Father Christmas by the Kinks is great. That's a good one, too. I listen to that on the ride home when they're they're talking about beating the shit out of Santa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me money. <laughs> There's a, a friend of mine from work who put me onto that. I'd never heard it before. I was like, oh, you uh, have to listen to uh, Father Christmas. And I thought... There was an like I believe in Father Christmas. Yeah. Have you ever heard that song? I, I believe in Father Christmas. I think it's Neil Diamond. I I forget who sings <laughs> it. Based on my impression of that song, it's, well, it's, it's Neil, it's Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard that like oh I think she's talking about that one, but then it came on today and they're talking about how they like a machine gun and they were just gonna go beat up some kids or Santa. Wow, man, this this song fucking rocks. I love this song. Where has this been all my life? That one, Tom Petty's. I like Tom Petty's Christmas again. Elton John's Step Into Christmas. Those are my favorite ones. So when I was growing up, my parents had two albums, like vinyls, of A Very Special Christmas 1 and 2. The first one was big red, and it was like the drawings yeah. from the... The guy that used to do all the AIDS benefit drawings, and then it, there was a big green one. So that had like Sting, had the Angel Gabriel song. I think the Eurythmics did Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Like yes. classic 80s people. Like the Kenny Loggins have I think, one. I, I think it has the song that I had a light bulb moment at the age of 34 with Brian Adams' Run, 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 Rudolph, Run is on that thing. And then they were like, I was like, oh, that's a great song by Brian Adams. You know, I can't believe you wrote a Christmas <laughs> song. And my friend at work was like, you know, it's a Chuck Berry song, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, and so I thought in my head, and then I heard the opening riff to the song in my head. I was like, that is Chuck Berry. <laughs> <laughs> so A Very Special Christmas was released in 1987. It was the one with the Red Album. And I think, yeah, so the cover artwork was designed by Keith Haring, who did all like those aid benefit ones. And I think the proceeds of this uh, raised money, millions of dollars for the Special Olympics. But the track listing was Santa Claus Coming to the Town by the Pointer Sisters, Winter Wonderland by the Eurythmics, Do You Hear What I Hear by Whitney Houston, Merry mm. Christmas Baby by Bruce Springsteen, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by the Pretenders, Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus by John Cougar Mellencamp, Gabriel's Message, Staying Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC, yep. Christmas Baby Please Come Home by U2, Santa Baby by Madonna, Little Drummer Boy by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Run Rudolph Run by Brian Adams, Backdoor Santa by Bon Jovi, The Coventry Carol by Allison Moyette. I don't know that one. And uh, Silent one Night by know. Stevie Nicks. Okay, those are all a, you hear those every Bangers. year. Yeah, that whole yeah. album slaps. That that yeah. that album is my is my childhood Christmas. That's a good one. I think the red one had the Tom Petty. No, this song. was the red. This was the red one. That must have been oh, the green. One. Oh, the green but, one had the Tom Petty one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, man, those songs are so good. I I wish. I heard those, and I think Brian Adams had another really good Christmas song that you don't hear very often. Oh, I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, my sister bought that on CD when, when those were still a thing. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of just like jettisoning some some of these Christmas songs out. And I like All I Want for Christmas is You, but at this point it's become a meme. Mm-hmm. where it's like oh every december 1st mariah carey pops up or <laughs> they have her throwing the money around like all right well now it's like it's kind of lost yeah. its luster for me yeah someone showed a chart for spotify or one of the streamings and that it has two spikes every year it's <laughs> like in july and in december for the the streaming of that song and yeah. they they had posted for this year you have the spike in july and then it's like the end of November and it zooms in on the end and the arrow is starting to go up. It's almost time. Yeah, it's I'm tired of that song. She's she's so much better than that song, but I feel like she's dangerously close to just yeah. being remembered for all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how she I mean, she has well, an Apple an Apple TV special coming out. Yeah. Technically, those might be two different songs. Because there's another song, All I Want for Christmas is You, that's a little different. Or their song has sort of the same chorus. Yeah. I think it's Tommy Van, about, the, the Vandals or something. What about t- Christmas Time Again with by Extreme? Ooh, I've never heard that. that. No. That's a good one. Starts off, Christmas always goes too fast. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know that one. one. <laughs> What's the one song, 2,000 Miles Away or something like that? Who sings that? Is that the Pretenders? Yeah. Uh, I heard that today. I was like, oh, you know, this, this song's pretty good. Is that a Christmas oh, song? It is a Christmas song. It's uh, I think it's 2,000 Miles. I don't remember. By the Pretenders. It. it is the Pretenders, right? Yeah. So I heard that today. But I'll tell you a band who I feel like the radio picked the worst Christmas song of theirs to play. And I think it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Mm. They they always play Christmas Sarajevo or they play, uh, mm-hmm. what, Canon Rock? Right. Those songs. Canon, yeah. Yeah. Canon in D is that? Canon in D. Yeah. Yeah. Those songs suck. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a uh, all I want for Christmas is you by Vince Vance and the Van and the, the Valance. Oh, the Valance. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's the all I want for Christmas. You know. Okay. Is you. Yeah. So I know that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Take down the holly. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Another good one is Fairy Tale in New York by the Pogues. That's a good one. That's I, a little, that's a little offbeat. That's a good one. Yeah. There, there was a... I heard one yesterday while I was listening through the playlist. It's it's some, like, Scottish band. They they had a song called Run, Run Away. Oh, God damn it. I wish I could remember now. But it, it, it was pretty cool, because it's like this dude has this whole Scottish accent going on, and his voice is terrible. But it's a pretty catchy Christmas song. I got, I got to look it Run, up. Run Away by Slade? Slade, yes. But they, they have a Christmas song. The dude's voice <laughs> is terrible. But it's it's a good, it's like different. And I'm like, oh, I, I need this. I need it to change it up a little bit. Merry, Merry Xmas, everybody. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's... When, you, when you were describing that, I thought you were just literally describing the Pogues. <laughs> Well, I I think that's what reminded me of it. Yeah. Do the uh, the Ramones have Christmas some Christmas songs, don't they? Probably. I would I imagine they do. They're all just basically uh ba 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 I want a Christmas <laughs> now, baby. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight. There's always they're always I want to do something or I don't want to do something. Or I don't want to. That's the Ramones song. What's more punk than that? Right. <laughs> Either I want to do it or I don't want to do it. I love it. That's great. Ramones, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight. That's pretty good. Which version of Santa Baby is the best? Is it Eartha Kit, Madonna? Yes. You like Eartha yes. Kit? Yes, 
I'm on Madonna just because that's that's nostalgia for me. I probably heard that Santa Baby a thousand times before I heard Eartha Kitt's Santa Baby. I was introduced to Eartha Kitt first. Mm. Yeah, same. I like I like Eartha Kitt's. Hers is a little more classy than Madonna's. I feel like yeah, Madonna- Madonna's got the whole Marilyn Monroe kind of thing going on there. Yeah, I feel like she's like getting ready to give. Oh, she's she's ready to fuck Santa. Yeah. To get what she wants. I mean, obviously she's got a laundry list and she's willing to put out for it. Right. Like Eartha Kitt's more just like, I'm going to lead you on and then, all right, well, I'll see you later, Santa. Take it easy. See you next year. Yeah. Yeah, And it also all leads us to the most disturbing Christmas song of all time. Which is I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus by the Jackson Five. The Jackson Five, and they just berate Michael. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I really did. Someone's getting the shit beat out of him by the end of that song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe. <laughs> you saw mommy doing what? Goddamn it! <laughs> Daddy, no. I'm gonna beat her, and then I'm gonna beat you for snitching. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard the Joan Jett and the Blackhearts version of Little Drummer Boy. That's pretty good. That's probably one of the better versions. I am a fan of Bing Crosby and David Bowie's. David Bowie's. That's, that's a good one. That's a classic. The Joan Jett and the Blackheart one is is really cool. It feels like David Bowie's singing, like making up a song on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to upstage Bing Crosby. <laughs> I was gonna riff. Didn't, didn't Bing Bates. Crosby die like right after that came out? I think it was around that time, yeah. It was like I don't know, a I don't week remember later. Yeah. <laughs> it's a week later. Like, all right, well, I, I fulfilled my fantasy of singing with David Bowie. It's time for me to go now. I think David Bowie just sucked his, his life essence out of him <laughs> and moved on. And, and gave it to the spiders of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you guys feel about... Because we're, we're recording this on the anniversary of uh, John Lennon's death. What do you guys think of Happy Xmas War is Over? It's a typical John Lennon career, yeah. like what you think John Lennon would write. Like, yeah. so the Ramones have, what do you think a Ramones Christmas song would sound like? And Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight is like the epitome of what you think a Ramones song is. Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas, whatever it's called. It's the epitome of what you would think a John Lennon Christmas song would be. <laughs> it's good, but yeah, it's, it's super fine. up its own ass, too, at the same time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of Instant Karma. Yeah. It's got that same feel to it, the same sound, essentially. They both have Yoko Ono in it, totally unnecessarily. Yeah, I mean, it gets me in the feels, I'm not going to lie. But it's a it's good also, song. It's also super John Lennon pretentious. Sure. I, someone on Twitter called him a fake activist. It's a super hot take now to be like, oh, like anytime John, John Lennon, Lennon comes up, it's just yeah. like, you know, he beat his wife. Right. Some guy. <laughs> right. You can't enjoy the dude's music. Yeah. <laughs> He's a shithead. <laughs> most of the, most rock stars yeah. were, man. Let's That's, be honest. Everybody in rock music were shitheads. Yeah, I mean, they, they did something wrong at one point or another. I mean, we all overlooked the fact that David Bowie totally was banging 16-year-olds. No one talks about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Duke. Everyone loves the Duke, man. What makes it even better is Jen hates Christmas music. So I then that makes me love it even more. Is this like the worst time in the world for Jen? The she does does not like Christmas. Christmas. For the listeners, her working in retail really jaded her. Mm-hmm. Understandably, you know, we like you, myself, and Mark, we really see Christmas from the shopper's point of view. Yeah, where like oh, like the lights, everyone's everyone seems nice to each other. This is exciting. See, Jen was on the other side where people were just 
really giving her all kinds of grief. <laughs> like, why isn't this on sale? Like, what is this? Like, this is bull- I want to return this. Blah, blah blah. Why don't you have this anymore? And uh, I heard so many horror stories when she worked retail. Yeah, it's it's not worth it, man. It's <laughs> it's not worth it. Don't do it. Even if you're a kid just looking for a job, pick something completely different. Like go into the restaurant business. <laughs> yeah, the dig graves. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, do anything else. Just do not do retail because they they do not care. The customers are terrible. It ruins Christmas. I I definitely see things through rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Christmas has always been great. I've always loved it. I've never had any issues. I got everything I always wanted. <laughs> so I was definitely like a privileged asshole. And then when I saw things from her perspective, I was like, oh, I get it. But you should love Christmas too because I love Christmas. God damn it! <laughs> Don't ruin my buzz. All right. Well, now it's time to get into the movie of the week. All right, and this week yeah. was my pick, and I picked a movie that people love. I'm not even going to say that this isn't a hot take, but I hate this movie. <laughs> and I guess it's it's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, but I picked the 2000 live-action How the Grinch Stole Christmas, starring Jim Carrey. So, gentlemen, where are you coming from with Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas? I love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the thing I was most excited to talk about with this movie was the amount of times I've seen it because we've kind of made that a thing in the past few episodes. I think I've seen this movie close to 10 times, probably more because I watch it every Christmas. So I saw it in theaters in 2000. This is really telling about how I was in high school. I saw this with like my friends in high school. And now, like, looking back on it, I always thought, like, why didn't I get laid in high school? It's because I was, like, excited to go see Jim Carrey's The Grinch instead right. of trolling or, you know, just, like, searching for, for women. But you were born in 1987. In 2000, yeah. you were 13. Well, doesn't mean I didn't want to get laid. It's just <laughs> like, what I mean. It's forgivable that you were getting laid. Sure. sure. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a must. I mean, but even some of the age, most handsomest of people do not get laid at 13. <laughs> I don't know who those I people mean, are because I wasn't I wasn't getting laid at 13. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that seems a little late. <laughs> All, basically, what I'm saying was in high school, I this is what I cared about. And I should have had other things on my mind. You know what I'm saying? Essentially, just like not even getting laid, just just like trying to like kiss a girl, really. Or just like hold hands. That would have been great. But I was. Yeah, I was like, oh, we got to go see The Grinch. Yeah, you're I, Jim Carrey, Mark. That's what it was. I was a huge Jim Carrey fan growing up. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, Dumb and Dumber, Liar, Liar, all that. But I, I like this movie. It's it's cute, in my opinion. All right, Mark, what about you? I have not seen this movie since around the time it first came out. I unfortunately did not go to the movies or anything. Or maybe fortunately. I did see it, as I had mentioned in the opening. I do like the cartoon a whole bunch, and it was part of the rotation through my childhood. It was one of the movies we had on VHS. I don't remember if it was taped off TV or if it was the actual VHS, but it was one of the ones we watched all the time. So I was like, oh, live action. Oh, I love Jim Carrey. Those Ace Ventura movies are great. You know, I should I should check this out. I remember not hating it as a kid, but watching it now, I was just very annoyed with this movie. The weird part was a lot of the character actors in our movie in this movie do a good job like with what they're given here 
But he just takes it, his, you know, interpretation of the Grinch just completely ruins it for me throughout most of the movie. I mean, I don't know if it was because it's a time and place thing with his humor or if it's a lot of references that I'm not getting or it's a lot of things that don't hold up reference wise. There's a couple of them. I should have wrote down in notes on them. I saw this in theaters and I think I was like you, Mark. I was like, oh, it's fine. When I saw it, I wasn't like, oh, I love this movie. It's so great. And now I've seen it. I've probably seen it like probably each of the last three or four Christmases. It's an ugly movie. That's one thing. Like, like you say it's cute. Ben, yeah. Whoville is one of the ugliest sets I've ever seen in my entire life. The lighting isn't great in it. I'll definitely, I'll give you that. It's so muddy looking. Yeah. It's it very looks, dreary. It looks like the ghetto of a Dickensian <laughs> London. Really? <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're expecting That's... people to just open up their windows and throw their chamber pots out the window. <laughs> yeah. Do that. What day is it? <laughs> like at the base level, the angles are all crazy. Like there is not a single like right angle in this movie. It seems like Ron Howard is doing a Tim Burton impression in this movie. Yeah, a, a lot of like, uh, cameras canted a lot yeah. of the times. And I, I've I've come to the realization that I might hate Jim Carrey. Oh, jeez. As an adult, I might dislike him. Yeah. I mean, I I like Truman Show. I like Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. I even, when I watched it, I thought Yes Man was okay. And then, the, you know, going back when I was younger, when I loved his movies, obviously, like Ace Ventura. And I always disliked Dumb and Dumber, though. Never liked Dumb and Dumber. He is awful in me. They paid him. So he got $20 million up front. He wound up with $35 million when he got some of the box office. The best parts of this movie do not involve the man that they paid $35 million exactly. to. <laughs> and that's I don't know. I don't know. Is it because you guys are coming at this after have seen the Cat in the Hat? No. no? I, I dislike this movie before I ever watched Cat in the Hat. Okay. In the Hat I, I feel like a lot it. of... Yeah, we did. We reviewed it. So wonder... that, that was the first time I ever saw Cat in the Hat. Okay. And I disliked this movie prior to that. I wonder if a lot of people's hatred towards it kind of comes on the heels of of cat in a hat i think people more or less enjoy this movie i think this is beloved almost i mean that's a little strong of a word but i think this movie is beloved and the who's the who's are assholes in this movie those are my three points i I think that's the point right not in the original version of this sure and i'm I'm not even i'm not even a dr seuss truther like the grinch cartoon was there in my childhood but it was never like a big thing in my house it was charlie brown christmas and rudolph the red-nosed reindeer those are like the two if we didn't see those when they aired on cbs wasn't christmas and we're just gonna have to try again next year (laughs) (laughs) But sorry, kids, celebrating Hanukkah this year. Yes. <laughs> but the, t- the turn at the end, he steals their Christmas and they and deservedly so, as far as I'm concerned. He's the hero of this movie and he's a shit bag. <laughs> but then there's a turn where her dad, who isn't re- like he doesn't show more the more extreme commercialism of the season is the one to turn around and say, hey, we've all lost our way. Christmas isn't about the things that we just lost. And it's like, well, you know, who are you as a character? You don't have an arc in this movie at all. Why are you the one coming to this conclusion? Like, it should have been like the mom oh, obsessed with the, the lights. That's there, but it never really comes to fruition. Or Christine Baranski, who's the best part of this movie. Because yeah. she's the best part in every movie she's ever in. Uh, <laughs> Is that Martha May? Martha yeah. May. Okay. Yeah. She could have come to that realization or something like that. But... Yeah, no, the Who's are shitbags in this movie. And 
Whoville is a nightmare, is a nightmare town. Everything that <laughs> happens in that is like, man, you are better staying up on that mountain, man. Just live your, you do your thing, live your truth. You don't I, need any of that shit in Whoville. I, I like, disagree. I, I think it's important that the father has that realization because he's shown as being the closest parent to Cindy Lou. But they have the most interactions, I think. Yeah, but he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have any character arc. He's just there. Like, he doesn't have sure. that. It doesn't seem like he's got that, you know, push and pull of the commercialization versus what she's saying. Okay. He's just kind of like a blank slate almost. I, I know early on he makes a few comments about, like, being in the like the Christmas spirit is because of the, ru- the hustle and the bustle. I, I will agree. I think they probably could have done a little more with the father. I don't know, though. I, I just I like the fact that I think I wonder if it's supposed to just be her family as a whole is she sees that they're all fascinated with the wrong part of Christmas and he's just the one that comes to the realization. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think to me there's a disconnect between making that switch in the story mm-hmm. and then having the Grinch in the original story. It's like, well, the Grinch is just blinded by his own jealousy of these people having such happiness right right in this yeah. world and that's why he wants to take risk. and this one it's now these people are so shitty right i want them to be miserable like me because <laughs> they yeah, don't deserve what they have and he was just, slighted it changes the, i mean he has every right to yes like the mayor like the mayor should be murdered in this movie as far as i know <laughs> yeah i mean the grinch does kill that yodeler so he's got blood on his hands already as far as we know yes <laughs> the yodeler is dead <laughs> So he should probably off Jeffrey Tambor, as far as I know. <laughs> he, he definitely deserves it the most out of anybody else. Even if they had a scene where the the mayor's really shitty to her dad, that would even be a lot better than they did to have him. But it doesn't really, until he's shitty to her, is the only time he sort of talks to him. So I, I completely agree. If, if Martha May was the one that stood up for Cindy Lou, that would make more sense in the storytelling, because she's also the other one with the she has the connection with the Grinch and all that. But Cindy Lou and Martha May never cross paths, really. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's another problem. But like yeah. her dad's a nothing burger in this entire plot. <laughs> a nothing burger. <laughs> I think he's like a pushover throughout the movie, right? The the mayor just like constantly talks down to him. And he talks so down it, to everybody, though. It right. doesn't it, like yeah. it's not he's not special in that way. Yeah. OK, I, I think that's the tie in with the, the how the hell do you I don't even know what their names are. The Loos? The Loohoos. The Loohoos? I think that's the tie. It's everything goes through the father to the daughter. The sons, you don't even need the sons there. They're just there nope. for the uh, the opening gag. In order to make an hour and a half movie, you can't just have it be, I hate these people because they're happy. Because then that goes so quick. You need to show why he like truly hates them. And I thought it was a good idea to show how these people have lost their way on Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is my third point. You know, okay. there are two points that I think make this a, a bad movie. And Jim Carrey is number one. Number two <laughs> like is Jim the ug- Carrey in this. Number two is the ugliness. Just the, <laughs> yeah. the simplest thing. They could have made this look gorgeous. There is no difference between Mount Crumpet and Whoville yeah. in terms it, of lighting. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 everything's in a haze. I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand what that choice was, but it's just, it, everything just seems muted. And everyone is supposedly so far up Christmas's ass here. You think there would be lights galore? Yeah, there are no really not a lot. There's not even many like outstanding colors. Yeah, 
Like they've got the whites, the reds, and the greens, really. Very, very drab. Very drab. Yeah. So, How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 2000 was directed by Ron Howard, and you know him from Apollo 13, as well as a hundred other movies. Solid director, as well as Richie Cunningham. (laughs) Ronnie Howard. Little Ronnie Howard. Oh, Ronnie Howard from The Andy Griffin Show. Okay. Yep. <laughs> that's him <laughs> opie himself he's got a, a bunch of children too uh, you might have heard of them at I least think one he has a brother we might have, i don't know that we, we might have slated on a previous podcast oh you mean friend <laughs> of the podcast quinn howard yeah. <laughs> that's the one and his dad his dad's in this movie too rance howard is he the old man timekeeper the one that yells out like four more hours yes. till christmas I, I thought he was the guy with the booze i think it might wind up being the same person actually okay cool yeah. He's also the cop from Joe Dirt that just, it's just an old crapper tank. That's him? (laughs) Oh, that's such a cool cameo. It stars Jim Carrey, Taylor Momsen, Jeffrey Tambor, Christine Baranski, Bill Irwin, Molly Shannon, Clint Howard, Josh Ryan Evans, and Mindy Sterling. Has a Rotten Tomato score of 49% and an IMDb score of 6.2. Budget. $123 $123 million, and in the U.S., it made $260 million. Box office success. Yeah, made huge money. I think deservedly so. I think it was a cute story. They took the original material, and I thought that they were able to extrapolate it just fine. Here's the question. Why are the Who's Christians? Well, <laughs> so th- I was thinking about this because you had posted it, and I couldn't come up with a good reason, but... <laughs> They fell from the heavens, right? They're on a snowflake. So right. maybe like God created their town on the snowflake kind of thing. That's the best I could come up with. <laughs> I don't know. Your answer of why they are Christians is because God did it. Yeah. <laughs> George Carlin has a uh, famous, I don't know how famous it is, but he has a quote where uh, the God excuse is the, the last refuge of a man with no answers. <laughs> and that's my, that's my answer. God did it. <laughs> Is it basically that maybe in this interpretation, the Grinch represents their sins or something like that? <laughs> you know, maybe. I think he's one of the seven deadly sins, right? He's he's envious. Right. That's why he's Which green. Is, yeah, there you go. He's Is he greedy? I don't think he's greedy. No, he's green. green. No, but like, no, I green. And is he also greedy? No, he's envious. No. He's, yeah, just envious. envious right? he's green with envy. Yeah. So that's, he's one of the seven deadly sins. Yeah. You could go that route. Sure. We'll say that that's what it is. Sure. Yeah. That <laughs> why must do you be think it. they're Christians? That's why they're Christians. <laughs> do you guys want to get into the plot? Sure. All right. What do you got for us? All right. So we're here to talk to you about our friend Tia, her top 10 with Tia podcast. Comes out every Sunday. Tia and her friends get together and they discuss top 10 lists. So top 10 Christmas movies, top 10 Marvel movies, DC movies, you name it. They are doing it, man. T is a good friend of the podcast. You could find her on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. So go give her a follow there. And she writes some great articles for Geek Vibes Nation. So go check her out. Okay, great. And we're going to take a quick minute to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParlayHour.com. 
where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more Or you epic. could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into the plot for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We open on Sir Anthony Hopkins coming in with a VO to try and class up the joint. Apparently the Who's live in a universe that is housed entirely within a snowflake. I guess when the snow melts, it's sort of like when the sun explodes, a.k.a. my fantasy. (laughs) And we get a crane shot of Whoville, which is conservatively about 80% stairs. (laughs) What is that one painting with all the, the upside down stairs and the sideways oh, the stairs? Oh, the MC Escher painting? Yeah, yeah th- that's his dream right there. <laughs> so many stairs. He <laughs> just came watching. watching yeah. So according to the VO, apparently there is no place quite like Whoville on Christmas, but as far as I could tell, it's an absolute nightmare hellscape. Yeah, it start is off. a very bad representation of a Dr. Seuss yeah. setting. Mm-hmm. And we start of... off on the wrong foot with some tuba player that just going ham playing God knows what. I thought I thought that was a cool gag. The the tuba player has a mini tuba player right. in it. Do you think the music that was coming out of either of their tubas was anything that we needed to listen to? Oh, I love the music in this man. <laughs> you get some uh, BNL in here at one point. You get some BNL. You get some Smash Mouth. <laughs> You get some. Of the, you get some eels. I appreciated eels. But. Come on, man, BNL. <laughs> Who doesn't love some BNL? And, and that you know that spices things up a little bit. It's very 2000, yeah. isn't it? Yo, big time. <laughs> big time, a uh, foreign band. <laughs> Canadian. Yeah, hell yeah, that, that's foreign yeah, in my book. Rock out to some pinch me. That song. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't the song that. Oh, I think okay. it was like, I think it was some Christmas song that they had released, maybe. It's a very bland Christmas song. Yeah. Christmas As, time is here again. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And we cut into a department store with Manic Who's just loving the holy fuck out of capitalism. And we meet Cindy Lou Who and her dad. Cindy Lou Who, the only one that didn't get to look like sort of, some sort of weasel. You, you we know get... what that reminded me of? Have you ever seen Have you seen the Hobbit movies? No, I actually haven't. No. Okay, so the Hobbit has a bunch of dwarves in it. So mm-hmm. the three hot dwarves that they want you to follow look nothing like dwarves. Everyone else is like super hairy and they have big noses or whatever. So this is kind of what they did with Cindy Lou. Yeah. Oh, she's cute. She she hasn't grown into her nose yet. Well, no, they they just don't want you to connect with like a freak of nature, essentially. Yeah. I don't think Christine Baranski has. She's naturally who looking. Yes. It, it fits her style. <laughs> yeah. She pulls it off. Yeah, but I don't think she has a, a nose. I don't remember now. Then we get some teens trekking up to the mountain where rumors say the Grinch lives. This is some sort of like haunted house dare of sorts, like the old yeah. Myers place or something like that. Yeah. Dare to go knock on the door. The Who's have DSLs. <laughs> yeah. Big time. 
<laughs> there's a lot of uh, I haven't heard that phrase in in forever. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, I don't know if they allow it in Whoville, but there's a lot of fellatio going down in Whoville. I mean, otherwise, those DSLs are completely gone to waste. Right. Exactly. If we are to believe that they are Christian and God created them in His image, and that was the gift He bestowed upon the Who's. <laughs> Everyone's got big old dick sucking lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, it's the first thing I noticed, even at 13 years old. They were created when God was at least three golden monkeys in. in <laughs> he was on the dry spell. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. 13 is man, I'd really like to put my penis there. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel goes, what was that? Yeah, right. <laughs> everyone, everyone, steer clear of God. He's in his one of his moods again. <laughs> He wants to stick his dick in some who mouth. <laughs> we, I think we just turn God into like Zeus. I mean, or, uh, deviant yeah. art, you know, anime fan. Oh yeah, big old tits. <laughs> Family uh, friendly podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening on Spreaker. <laughs> <laughs> so the two teen boys. They go to knock on the door, but before they do, Max, Grinch's dog, barks at them with a giant megaphone, scares them back down the mountain, thinking that was the Grinch. Then the Grinch talks about how much he hates the Who's and eats a raw onion, and he says that he's going to pay the Who's a visit. So the Grinch goes down to Whoville just to cause a ruckus in disguise. He saws a bike in half, blows stinky breath into someone's face. Meanwhile, Cindy Lou Who and her dad are walking around the streets. Cindy talks about her disillusionment with Christmas, and then the teen boys, who are Cindy's brothers, come around frozen and dad asks them what happened and he, they say it was the grinch did this to them the entire town stops at the word grinch the mayor shows up um, getting a haircut or something like that and shows up to quiet down the town any talk of grinch because this year marks the 100th jubilation and they can't be having any grinch talk around that so dad says they didn't see the grinch and then everyone goes on with their day you didn't think that was a funny bit no. Uh, they were probably up on the mountain playing with matches or defacing public property. I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. I thought that was pretty funny. It was okay. There's nothing here that's like a knee slapper, but I think it's like dad joke funny. Sure. And there are things that work in this movie. This movie doesn't fail at every turn. And I'll I will point out the things that I thought were you know humorous or funny or not bad. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna give it a fair shake. I always we always give these movies a fair shake. If there's Sometimes. one thing I say about this podcast, it's that we give everything a fair shake. Some of us more than others. Probably. This was a scene without Jim Carrey in it, so it was exactly. obviously an okay scene. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think I was going to have to spend tonight defending Jim Carrey. <laughs> Look, you take him out of this movie and it's 100% better. It doesn't work. Sure it does. <laughs> everything everything else works. Well, not everything, but the things that work are not Jim Carrey related. His Sean Connery accent is great. I love his little accent and his overacting. It's perfect for him, but I'll defend as we go. <laughs> so the dad goes to work at the post office, which is more nightmare fuel with everyone just being terrible. Sydney Lou who asks about the Grinch, but she doesn't get a straight answer from her dad. Meanwhile, in the back, the Grinch is busy disorganizing the mail and giving people jury duty notices. Classic dad joke there. Cause everybody hates jury duty. This is like the, the typical joke of this movie. Yeah. Jim Carrey, jury duty, eviction yeah. notice, which is horrifying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, pretty, that's a pretty shitty thing to do. That's right up the Grinch's alley, right? He blackmails somebody. <laughs> yeah. One of the mail is blackmail. I'm Black interested man. to see what he has on that person. <laughs> 
So then Cindy Lou, whose dad sends her to the back with some mail. The Grinch tries to hide by climbing the walls, but his dog sneezes and Cindy Lou, who hears the Grinch say Gazunheit. Then he scares her and makes her fall into a sorting machine. The Grinch goes to leave, but Max makes him save Cindy. As a parting gift to make sure she doesn't think that he was saving her, he wraps her up in Christmas wrapping and leaves. Her dad comes in, but she doesn't want to tell him it was the Grinch, so she doesn't tell him anything. So they go home. And then they go home to find Cindy's mom in the heat of a breakdown as she puts every single light bulb they own on the house in order to compete with her neighbor, Martha May Huvier, played by Christine Baranski, who's the best part of this movie and can unequivocally get it. (laughs) (laughs) She gets the, uh, they called this movie, Stamp of Approval. Yeah. Big thumbs up. Do you you remember when Molly Shannon was like the big thing? Yeah. Superstar? Yeah, it seems like ages ago. It seems like another lifetime. Martha Mays shows off her light bulb cannon that basically makes Christmas light decorating as easy as shooting up a school. (laughs) That was like the darkest joke I wrote. Yeah, that's... Dude, that wasn't in the movie, right? No. (laughs) Okay, good. Because I was going to say, if I had missed that, I'm glad I did. Because that's very dark. (laughs) And then at night, the Grinch prank calls Cindy Lou's parents from a payphone. Then takes a garbage chute back up to Mount Crumpet. And takes some garbage back to his cave to eat. And Cindy Lou Who has her Where Are You Christmas moment, uh, which is a far cry from the Pretty Reckless, but I'll say no. Faith Hill's version might be the best Christmas song since Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Yeah, yes. glad you pointed that out. I, I agree. I think that's the best original Christmas song to come out in the past 20 years. Absolutely. Uh, I don't really know if it fits into this movie, but I think it's a little shoehorned into the, the, the message. But, you know, I feel like they wrote the song first and then they thought of Cindy Lou's arc. It, it fits fine here. Then we go back to the Grinch, who's acting just like Jim Carrey, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He stomps around his house, sometimes shouting for no reason. And then there is an inconsistency to whether or not the Grinch should be wearing clothes that makes this movie complicated. <laughs> I, I give you that. Oh, the whole choice of him wearing clothes and the clothes that he wears yes. is very suspect. Yes. There's the point where he puts on the kilt and then rips off the kilt. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a patch of hair that sort of looks like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he wears like a nightgown or like a nightie. Yeah. Like a sheer nightie. Who decided that it couldn't have been Ron Howard who said that's a good choice? I mean, he's a director. He gets final. He should get final say on everything. He's got to approve everything, right? That's yeah. yeah that would, that's good. Just cut my checks. I don't remember that being in the Doctor Seuss book. No. <laughs> Him wearing a sexy nighty. Didn't wear the the bustier. They they stopped there. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's it, yeah. I wonder how far they wanted to go with it though. He then checks his answering machine because this was 2000 and then settles down in his lounge chair to eat bottles, beer bottles and yell at his own echo. I'll say that the you're an idiot joke works. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. clever. I'm glad you like that. I would have been very upset. <laughs> I remember raffling in the theater. Ah, that's yeah. hilarious. I mean, it's it's not a raffle moment anymore, but it's like, that's clever. Yeah. I look forward to it every time I watch it. <laughs> then Cindy Lou Who. Goes to the Grinch's former adoptive moms to find out about the Grinch. And they tell a story about how they became his caretakers. And apparently the the Who's are dropped off in baskets, sort of like storks. Unless this is just the story that they're telling Cindy Lou. But then that just still adds the question of where the hell did the Grinch come from? So the moms talk about their annual Christmas party they used to have every year, which is a swingers party. And swingers apparently listen to Smash Mouth while they fuck. Well, see, now this kind of lends credence to the... To my idea where there's only fellatio, right? 
because mm-hmm. if if no one's banging, how are they, they they're not having kids that way, so it's just being delivered. So everyone's mm-hmm. just blowing each other. Yeah, I don't know because there is that joke about that one baby coming looking a lot like the the mom's boss. Right. Yeah, they they do that old joke. Yeah. That, that's definitely an old Which, one. That sucks for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't go like the other route where. <laughs> It's a white family, and the baby shows up, and it's a black baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad like, they didn't go that route. That poor extra. I got the part in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I played the cuckold who. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's worse things to be known for, I guess. <laughs> they go through the Grinch growing up and hating Christmas, like biting the head off of a Santa plate, and then we flash forward to when he's maybe eight or nine in school. And we get some perspectives from others, including Martha May and the mayor, who were classmates with the Grinch at the time. And Martha May, when they were in class, had eyes for the Grinch for some reason, yeah, played by know. Casey Poe from Con Air. That's, that's oh, a yeah. weird obsession. And the mayor, the mayor was his rival back then. Then the Grinch's teacher tells them all to bring some Christmas gifts the next day. So the Grinch sets off to make a gift for Martha May and makes her an angel tree topper. Question then decides to try and shave his beard. The teacher who's in this movie, mm-hmm. was she also the teacher in the Santa Claus? Oh, I don't know. Right, We, we don't call people stupid and they prefer little people. <laughs> I think it's the same teacher. Maybe. He decides to try and shave his beard and it does not go well. The next day at school... The Grinch goes to school with a paper bag over his head. His teacher told him to go to school looking his best, and he thought that meant to dress as a New Orleans Saints fan circa 1980. <laughs> when he finally takes the bag off, he has cut himself numerous times shaving, and then the mayor yells out, Look at the hack job, which is the best line of this movie. Look at that hack job. <laughs> All the kids laugh at the Grinch, so he takes that on a Christmas, destroying the gift he made and throwing the tree, and then we get... The muscles from Christine Baranski is the second best line of this movie. The anger. The muscles. And I'm not saying this about the kid, but just the way the kid portrays the Grinch is nightmare fuel. Like when he's doing his lines, like, what a lovely fair a family <laughs> oh, yeah, heirloom. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. It's terrifying. May like, I say, kid, better performance. Get out of here. <laughs> Enough. Yep. I will not Absolutely. take this now. The, this is the best part of the movie. Is the scenes with the kid Grinch. Crazy. Craziness, nope. man. No. What what's better? The hubilation? Talk about nightmare fuel. Nobody <laughs> should be subjected to that sort of thing. I think the best scenes are when the Grinch is in his 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 home. I think those are the best scenes. You have the uh just, I think we just come down to we just disagree on Jim Carrey. I think right now, to me, Jim Carrey is insufferable. I haven't seen him in anything that I've liked in a while. Mm-hmm. But here, I think he's still, he's at peak Jim Carrey. Yeah, and I think we agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed his performance. I thought he, when he does the scene where he's talking about his his schedule, that to me, that's my favorite scene. That's where we disagree. In this podcast, we always disagree. <laughs> we always butt heads. Well, and Mark I is mean... always like the swing vote. <laughs> So the little Grinch runs off and retreats to the mountains, never to be seen again. We then come back to the present, and the Grinch reads from the phone book, cursing the names of all the Whos in alphabetical order. And then, unfortunately, the hubilation begins. Seems like more of a nightmare than anything else we've seen so far in Whoville. The mayor addresses the crowd in order to have people nominate the holiday cheermeister, who I guess is like the master of ceremonies or the parade marshal. Cindy nominates the Grinch, and everyone gasps in shock. And then she has an exchange with the mayor regarding if the Grinch is even eligible to be the cheermeister. 
Mayor makes up some stuff in the bylaws and Cindy calls him on his shit and appeals to the Christmas spirit of everyone and they cheer. So he relents and tells her she can nominate him, but he doubts he'll accept. Then the mayor will accept the cheermeister position when he doesn't. Upon Mount Crumpet, the Grinch tries to sleep through the hubilation, but gets woken up by their singing. And meanwhile, Cindy treks up the mountain to invite the Grinch to the hubilation. Meanwhile, he tries to drown out the singing by just making a ton of fucking noise. Cindy finds him sticking his head between the symbols of a giant clapping monkey, which goes on for entirely too long. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that one as well. And then he Jim carries in her face. She is unflappable no matter how much he tries to scare her. She asks him to attend the hubilation as the cheermeister, and he's not super into it. But she tries to appeal to him by telling him that Martha May will be there, and the mayor was not happy with his nomination. So he says he'll go, and then says psych, basically, and drops a trapdoor on her, and she falls down a tube back to Whoville. Then the Grinch finds all the reasons that he can't attend the hubilation, which is basically just he want—he was really planning to spend hours with his self-loathing. But then he says that he has nothing to wear, so we have a sort of dressing montage where he wears a kilt and rips it off, and then we see Grinch dick. Then he murders <laughs> a yodeling who and takes his lederhosen, and, and the hubilation begins, and the mayor is quote-unquote shocked to see the Grinch has not shown up. You didn't like the solve world hunger tell no one? No. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Dinner with myself, I can't cancel that again. <laughs> Stare into the abyss and slip slowly into madness. That's so good. You just don't have taste. That's, I think, what it that must be. Yeah. boils yeah, down probably. to. That's got to be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the Grinch, hums and huhs are about going versus not going until Max pulls the trapdoor on him and he goes down the chute to Whoville. So as the mayor about to take the cheermeister crown, the Grinch comes shooting out of the garbage chute, gets slung by a banner, and lands with his face in Martha May's tits. Just like the flash into Wonder Woman and Justice I was, League. I was just going to say, if this happened today, Joss Whedon would have been fired. <laughs> Ron Howard would have been fired. Just like a uh, perfect PG movie, uh, Grinch Motorboats a Who. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of sexual energy in uh, Whoville. <laughs> I mean, like we said, Christine Baranski could get it in this movie. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. I definitely <laughs> Who thought agree. we'd say that? But That's what I mean, we're Christine, here for. Make no mistake, Christine Baranski is the best thing of basically any movie she's in. Bad Mom's Christmas, best best part of the movie is Christine Baranski. I like her. I think she's she's aged very well, in my opinion. So then he addresses the crowd, accepting the title of Cheermeister, and then tries to get a check out of it. And the mayor brings out his old biddies, as he called, which is so weird. <laughs> Here's your old biddies. And then the true nightmare starts. The chair of cheers with a pudding cook-off. The whole thing I was thinking through this scene was like, who the hell would want to be a cheermeister? He's got to yeah. eat pudding, eat fruitcake tasting, fudge judge, potato sack races, Christmas conga. This is this is a nightmare. I would, you know, I would stay home. I'm glad there's a <laughs> pandemic. It's like, oh, man, Uvalation is canceled this year because of COVID. Oh, nuts. Do you think the, uh, the who's would follow lockdown rules or no 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 i don't think so either <laughs> stopping their key parties nope christmas is too important to them to limit the parties to just a couple people yeah there's women there i was like the only thing i'm worried about catching is some dick <laughs> i think they Between would be dsls right yeah i think they would be very inviting of that covid and dick <laughs> those are the most prevalent things at a who party <laughs> So we just realize that the Who's are just basically terrible. And as the hubilation concludes, the mayor takes the opportunity to propose to Martha May and offer her a new car. 
and the Grinch tells them all how materialistic they are and then tells them to kiss his ass and sets out to burn the place to the ground, both literally and figuratively. He burns down the tree and just as an agent of chaos through the town. And after the chaos settles, the mayor really takes Cindy Lou Who to task and takes the cheermeister crown as his own. I love as how the- he just like berates the hell out of Cindy Lou. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of great. I wish more mayors would do it. I, I don't dislike Jeffrey Tambor in this movie because he no, is a prick. He's funny. He's a prick. Yeah, it's great. He's he's usually a pretty funny guy in whatever he's in. Um, yeah. I, I, he was in uh, Arrested Development, obviously. Yep. He's he's great in Arrested Development. But yeah, I just I would love to see in the in the news just like a local mayor just like scolding a little child in the newspaper. The picture <laughs> of him just pointing at the at the kid. Yeah kid bursting into tears i feel like chris christie did that at one point <laughs> yeah, I'm, i wouldn't put it past him. somebody yeah, yeah he he 100 did he he has that whole physique about him where he's he would just scold scold, scold the teachers union <laughs> yeah you shouldn't do that i'm okay with scolding children just don't don't scold the teacher as the grinch sets to leave whoville he sees them set up set the up the backup tree Back at the cave, he realizes that he hasn't done enough to stop the Who's from celebrating Christmas. And then Grinch gets the idea to steal Christmas. And then we have, more or less, a pretty faithful adaptation of this whole sequence, with Jim Carrey singing the Mr. Grinch song as he prepares himself to abscond with Christmas. The Grinch spies on Santa and springs into action once he leaves Whoville. And then he does a devastating Ron Howard impression while trying to get Max into character as a reindeer. He starts his admittedly impressive rocket sleigh and then almost immediately crashes it, screaming Jim Carrey-isms the whole way. I don't know what children would get the Ron Howard impression and why that was included in a kid's movie, or if it was the second unit director created that scene and just slipped it in and as a goof on Ron Howard. I'm thinking the trivia was Jim Carrey just ad-libbing some stuff, and then I think they were like, oh, that's great, why don't we do that? Oh, sort of yeah, that. Just, just poking fun at it. I think they were friends. I think Ron Howard seems to be a pretty, like, affable guy. I feel like he's not going to take light jabbing at him. Uh, I mean, there's nothing in there that's, like, really damning. He's not coming down on him. He's not like oh, Megan Fox calling Michael Bay a Nazi. That's true, yeah. That's... <laughs> Hitler. If Quint is any indication of how the Howards are, they all take light ribbing in style. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine any of the Howards being bad people. No. Right. I, I they can't. They have to be great. They just seem delightful. 100%. And then he tries to steal Christmas. He gets stuck in the first chimney and just makes an awful lot of noise. Let me find out it's Cindy Lou Who's house. He sets moths out to eat the stockings, has a giant vacuum which sucks up all the presents and decorations, and then even steals their food. With all the racket, he wakes up Cindy Lou. She catches him trying to steal the tree, and he tells her there's a light bulb that's burnt out, so he's going to fix it and bring it back. Basically straight out of the original. She then asks him what the true meaning of Christmas is, and he says, vengeance, and then says, uh, on second thought, it's probably present. She gets upset about that. He sends her to bed, and she tells him not to forget about the Grinch because she thinks he's sweet, which honestly, she has no reason to think this so far in this movie, and then continues to steal the tree. He then goes to the other houses and steals their Christmases. He gets attacked by a cat. He steals Martha May's engagement ring. He makes the mayor kiss Max's butt, <laughs> and even some visions of sugar plums he steals, too. Did you like the Max butt part? Kind of. <laughs> Very childish of me. <laughs> so he, he finishes the dog's butt. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> he finishes stealing all the Who's Christmas and goes to leave on his rocket sleigh. But the rockets fail. So he makes Max drag the entire sleigh up the mountain. In the morning, 
who's gathered around the town square to see everyone's presents stolen. And the mayor blames a little girl. Cindy's dad sticks up for her, saying he's glad the Grinch stole Christmas. And this character turn is undeserved, because while her dad isn't exactly different than the rest of the Who's, he doesn't have a specifically materialistic trait about him. It's like I said, this isn't her mom with the lights or Martha May with the lights for that matter. Cindy's dad reminds everyone that even though they don't have stuff, they still have Christmas and the Grinch can't take that away. So the crowd cheers and have moments of self-reflection, except the mayor who blows up this idea off. Cindy goes up the mountain to talk to the Grinch. The Grinch, meanwhile, hears the singing of the Who's and is beside himself. Christmas came regardless of all the work he did, which I'd be pretty pissed too if I'd spent all night working and then (laughs) had nothing to show for it. I get it. (laughs) We've all had those moments. Sure. It was like you forgot to click save and you just your computer dies and you lose all everything. I, I feel like that's <laughs> going to happen to me in the future when I have a kid and like when they're old enough to appreciate Christmas. I'm going to make this I'm going to buy this awesome toy or whatever and spend all night building it. And then the kid's going to come down and just like love the box instead. <laughs> and I'm just going to want to murder them. And then he realizes that Christmas is more than the material possessions that go along with it. And then his heart starts to grow. So the Grinch has his realization, and then the sleigh starts to fall. So he grabs it to hold on to it, and then he's about to let it fall because it's just stuff. But then Cindy Lou appears on it, and she says that she came to see him because no one should be alone on Christmas. And he summons the strength of ten Grinches plus two. So he and Cindy Lou slay down the mountain with all the Christmas gifts. They come careening down the mountain towards Whoville, but Betty and Martha May manage to slow them down with a string of lights, and they stop right in front of the Christmas tree. Cops show up, and the Grinch turns himself in, and then the mayor wants him to arrest the Grinch, but the officer says that there should be no reason because everything seems to be there and accounted for. So not all A-cab. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Not all all cops are bastards. We found the one cop. uh, Before this occurs, the Grinch assumes that A-cab is true. You're going to tear gas me? You're you're going to pepper spray me? Blind me with pepper spray. (laughs) (laughs) Then Martha May gives back the mayor's engagement ring, saying she's in love with the Grinch for some reason. You could do better, kid. (laughs) And the Grinch helps them turn the town Christmas lights back on, and they sing Welcome Christmas. They have their feast, and the Grinch carves the roast beast. And that's the end of the movie. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I dislike this movie. It's a competently made movie, but reasons why I don't like it, specifically Jim Carrey, and it looking like an ugly piece of shit. (laughs) I can agree with you on the ugly piece of shit. But I, I liked him carrying this. I thought he was the perfect fit for the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie, I, I, and part of me wants to see them with a different Grinch take a new shot at it with 2020 technology to well, see they if they can make it a little better. Right, they they yeah. put Benedict Cumberbatch in there. Did that? Yeah, the yeah. cartoon. Yeah, Last they, year. they did a 3D animated yeah, oh. CGI. Okay, I was, I was thinking more of another live action. A live but, action, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad that we didn't get subjected to that this came out before Robert Zemeckis decided that he needed to do motion capture children's Christmas movies, and we weren't subjected to the Grinch's Polar Express. Ooh, that's another movie I dislike. (laughs) Yeah, that one I was not a big fan of. The way I would make this better is I would make it look nicer. I mean, Ron Howard has made nice-looking movies, like Apollo 13 is gorgeous Mm -hmm. compared to this movie. I don't know what the choice was that they made it like this. And Jim Carrey. Replace Jim Carrey with somebody. I don't even know who. I need a more subdued Grinch. It just didn't work for me. Like, it's so, like, fourth wall breaking. And he just seems like he's in a completely different movie. And that's fine if you're Jim Carrey. But 
Uh, it just doesn't work. I'm going to disagree. I'm not saying there's ways to not make the movie better. I, I'm sure that there are. I agree. I think it would be better if Whoville had, had a little bit more of a Christmas feel to it, its own feeling, instead of it being drab and and just weird angles. I like Jim Carrey in it. I don't think you need to have a love interest in this movie. I don't see the reason for that. I think if you're going to have Martha May who in it, it really should have just been Martha May versus Molly Shannon's character kind of thing. I don't really care about the Grinch as a child. We don't need to see, in my opinion, why he hates Christmas. It, I think it's just kind of better off that he just hates Christmas. Like in the the cartoon, it's just it's known that he hates it. Mm-hmm. He's more of a not a mythological figure, but he's almost like the boogeyman in a way. I would say that it would have been better to have a more defined outline of the father. Because I, I agree. I think just that him being closer to Cindy Lou doesn't necessarily give you a whole character arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would have been cool if the father and Cindy are closer and you get some more scenes with them. Because you don't really see Cindy with her mother at all. I think Molly Shannon's character is just kind of wasted. I get it. It's supposed to be the Grinch and Cindy. Those are the two main characters. I get that. Mm. But if that's the case, then you should really just go all in on them and not really care about the parents. Sure. Uh, Or if you want to, if you're going to have the parents around, really make us care about the parents. Mm -hmm. Also, on a more just like who gives a shit note, it would have been so great if Martha May just doesn't go for either the mayor or the Grinch (laughs) and just goes after some like, like Jerry. (laughs) He's (laughs) an Howard. Yeah, Yeah. Clint Howard. That would have been great. I don't care about him as a child. It's creepy. (laughs) Yes. I love that performance of that young Grinch, though. I do. Scary, man. That's that's a scary Grinch. (laughs) That's what the Grinch should be. Yeah, that's true. I I don't know. It's very unsettling, the way that kid portrayed the Grinch. (laughs) Yep. All right, you guys want to plug your shit? Sure. At Duquino122 is my personal Twitter account. I also run the Stranger Damies Twitter account. That is our Real Play D&D podcast. We are closing in on 1,500 followers. At the time of this recording, I think we're at about 1,400. So we're thinking about doing a giveaway. So if you want to join in on that, go over to at Stranger Damies, smash that follow button, y'all. And uh, yeah, we'll see you over there. We'll, we'll have some fun. Our podcast, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday. So I believe we are finishing up the end of campaign one so be sure we only got a little bit more to go before we start campaign two and then we have the game ball pod which is our video game podcast that airs every other monday just had an episode last monday streams as well twitch.tv slash game vault pod we do streams every wednesday thursday sunday friday or saturday and every other monday so be sure to check us out and we are still raising money for extra life you can donate at tinyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. We are looking to raise money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and we are about $230 short of our $1,000 goal. So you can donate up until December 31st, 2020. So limited time now to get in if you do want to donate. Okay, great. And this is They Called Us a Movie. You can find us at our new home at Spreaker. Go on the Spreaker and search for us. They call us a movie. We should pop right up. You could also find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are the themaindamey.com. 
That is our main website where we post everything between Stranger Damies, the Game Vault Pod, and us. It's themaindamie.com and on all socials just by searching the main Damie. So that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for the main Damie. We are also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and where you get your podcasts and on all socials just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Bunch of great shows on there. Scene and Nerd, Gutting the Sacred Cow, Top Ten with Tia. They got a new show all about the New York Knicks for some reason. <laughs> I was going to say, if you enjoy pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, just a couple of guys working through some things. <laughs> coming they're, to, pro, they're podcasting through it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're coming to terms with their uh, choice of team. A bunch of great stuff. If you're into geek stuff, and just <laughs> go to <laughs> gvnation.com or wherever you get your podcast. Just looking for Geek Vibes Nation. That's going to wrap it up. I am at Ant Delvec on Twitter. You can find me there. If you have any questions, comments, you could hit us up at the main name at gmail.com. If you got some time, go on to whatever you get your podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a five-star rating. It would really help us out a great deal. And that's going to be it. The director of How the Grinch Stole Christmas was Ron Howard. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Ron Howard, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Mm-hmm.